Hello and welcome to episode 26 of Ugh My Optics, a podcast where grown adults discuss, overanalyze and generally take toy and media franchises originally intended for kids a little too seriously. Usually that of the Transformers. I'm your grumpy old misanthrope Orion Gear and with me is my optimistic young people person, co-host, Virtual Dave. Hello Dave. Hello, hello. Yeah, welcome. Today we have a very special guest in the form of David Wallace, uh, event planner with the team that runs the UK's premier Transformers convention, TF Nation. Woohoo! Yeah, which uh, Dave and I have both attended. Listen back to episode 20, if you don't believe us, <laughs> where we wang on about it for a good two hours or so. So rather to go into a huge introduction and explanation of what TF Nation is and who David is, maybe we'll let the man himself tell you. My optics! Hello, David, and welcome to Arg My Optics. Thank you for giving us some time and coming to speak with us. Ah, you're more than welcome. You're more than welcome. Glad to be here. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to shilling our convention mm-hmm. and uh, and talking about robots. Excellent stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, so to start, do you, how about you tell the listeners who, who don't know or haven't been what TF Nation is and your involvement in it? Yeah, sure. So... Oh, TF Nation's the largest unofficial Transformers convention in Europe. Um, like behind, obviously, the American conventions, uh, we're, we're the biggest. We've been going now, well, minus obviously the dark times that we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, we're, we host yearly in August in a place called Birmingham in the UK, mm-hmm. uh, which is basically dead center in the middle of the country. Uh, and it's generally like a three-day convention on the Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it's just entirely dedicated to Transformers. We started it after the previous convention, which was called Auto Assembly, sort of came to an end. The person who owned Auto Assembly uh, decided he didn't want to do it anymore, and pretty much everybody who is involved in TF Nation also worked for auto assembly i say worked i say worked on auto assembly mm-hmm. and when the time came for that show to retire we didn't want to so we just continued it on and and birthed tf nation uh-huh. well i mean you've answered two or three of my other questions already there <laughs> yeah you will find i tend to ramble like just which probably explains why my job at the convention is i'm the mc for the weekend like i'm the host you know, because I know you did ask that. Mm-hmm. Um, my my basic job is guest liaison. I put together most of the program for the weekend. Anything that happens on stage is usually something that I want to happen on stage. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I, I'm up there with the guests interviewing them, not just me, but other people as well. Uh, yeah, so that that's basically what I do. Cool. So I tend to talk. A lot. Yes. Well, yeah, we, we've both been. We both came last year. It was both our first TF Nations, actually, because I'd been to Auto Assembly, but then I kind of mm. dropped off Transformers for quite a while and only came back to it big style in like the last two years. And mm. of course, with TF Nation being, um, as you described it, during the dark times, um, I didn't have a ticket for the uh, the ones that went ended up being online, which I believe, mm. um, I believe Dave did. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, but um, but so that was our first one last year. It was yeah, it was great. Oh, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously saw you on stage a few times. Uh, I think well, Dave was there the entire weekend, weren't you? 
Oh yeah, yeah, we got um, we got to see it all, and we tried not to miss any of the panels. So yeah, we did get to see. Yeah, that's a lot of numb bums. <laughs> Indeed, sat there the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Very comfortable chairs. <laughs> Excellent. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. So how, you said you worked on AutoAssembly beforehand, then? That's yes, how, that's right. Yeah, you got involved in the whole thing. Did you originally start doing the conemcing, or did that some is that something that you kind of found yourself gravitate towards? Yeah. So, ironically, how I got involved with auto assembly and uh, uh, it's a bit of a weird story. So I, I went to auto assembly just as a regular punter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, paid me paid me money, all of that stuff. Didn't know really anybody until. Uh, sort of around 2007 mm-hmm. and I, I'd gone a few years before and I sort of made contact with the guy who ran it at the time, a guy called Simon Yeah, and I'd made contact with him because me and a couple of my friends were interested in doing fan comics online uh, and this was the period literally uh, before IDW picks up the license. So, like, Dreamwave is is on its knees, mm-hmm. uh, and IDW is just about to pick up the license. And I said to Simon, the guy who ran it, I said, uh, we want to do a fan comic. If we produce a fan comic, would you be interested in printing it and putting it in your magazine? Mm-hmm. And, you know, like, I think everybody always thinks that they can write a comic book, yeah. uh, you know, and, and everybody has attempted to try and write a, an, or draw a comic book once in their life. And, you know, it was the continuation. I mean, stop me if you've heard this before, because I think every Transformers fan goes through this. It was the bridging gap between season two and the movie, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know. <laughs> and uh, my one of my favorite all-time episodes of Transformers is the key to Vector Sigma. Uh, and it was like, right, what happens if, like, the key to Vector Sigma wasn't completely destroyed? And it was this really dumb plot, <laughs> because everybody, like, I say everybody, but everybody who thinks they can write season two, the, the gap between season two and three, they completely forget like the tone of the Sunbow cartoons. Mm. And you always want to try and make it darker <laughs> and more edgy. Yep. And you just, you know, and when you look back on it, you go, oh my God. So we, we wrote this comic book. And the the big crux of, of issue one was that uh, Megatron had basically been taken over like by uh by vector sigma and uh, at the end of it the end of the issue megatron sort of walks out and it's not megatron it's literally vector sigma megatron walks out and star screams berating him and megatron grabs him by the throat sticks his fusion cannon to his stomach and blows a hole through star (laughs) screen so we give this comic to simon and we think, yeah, like, we're going to, you know, it's going to be like a convention exclusive. Heard nothing <laughs> ever again. So the very next year, but we're, we're still sort of in contact with Simon, but he, uh, but he never says anything. The very next year, we go back and the guy who used to MC at the convention can't make it. Oh. And... Simon was like, ah, we've got a problem. And me just with a mouth just turned around and went, I'll do it. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he went, all right, cool. Uh, Oh, by the way, our guest for the year 
is uh, Simon Furman. Mm. Wow. I'm like, all right, that's great. <laughs> so then comes the month of the convention and Infiltration issue six drops. Mm-hmm. And I'm sat on stage with Simon Furman. <laughs> and I've just read this comic book where Megatron grabs Starscream by the throat, yeah. picks his fusion cannon to his stomach, and blows a giant hole through. And I'm like, you stole my idea. <laughs> I was when, when you said it, I was like, that's the sort of stuff that does happen in the comics. Yeah. yeah but exactly. wouldn't happen in the TV show. Yeah. Mm. Well, precisely, that's it. And, and I always found that hilarious because it was kind of like, yeah, you know, sat with Simon yeah, yeah. Uh, and just being like <laughs> you stole my idea <laughs> <laughs> and I always, I, I always give him stick for it and over the course of the years mm. like I've, I've always said to Simon it's like you remember when you stole my idea and, <laughs> and, and bless Furman he's just like no <laughs> I've no idea um, but uh, yeah so that was how I got involved with it and it was literally just that it was right time right place wow. no fear like I'll do it. Yeah. And then I've just kept doing it for what? Like 15 years? Something now? like that, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I went to, I think I went to Target, yeah, Target 2006 or whatever it was, the, uh, the oil assembly that year. Mm. And that was my last one because I kind of dropped off when I wasn't, I'm not a big fan of the Michael Bay movies. And I kind of dropped off when those came out. Mm. <laughs> and didn't come back for quite some time but i mean the difference though between what assembly was then and what tf nation is now is jaw dropping like it's oh it's so much bigger and i remember you know my first transformers conventions were like it was a one day event it was in a sports hall you know the size of uh, a five-a-side indoor football pitch. Mm-hmm. And within that one room, you had the dealers, the stage, you know, and the stage was literally a fold-away stage with a couple of chairs on it. Uh, and, you know, you had everything in, in one room. And then eventually it became two days. And now when we've taken over, you know, it it has, it's morphed. And, and I kind of think that's one of the things that we strive for with TF Nation is... You know, we we have meetings about set design. You know, what is the stage going to look like? How many screens are we going to have? Why, you know, we we want the we want the dealer room to be separate from the panel room because you don't want that noise. Mm. Uh, you know, all of these different things. It has become a, like a a much bigger show in terms of scale, but that's because the audience has just grown you know, mm. year on year on year. And I, I think that, you know, there's there's two factors to that. One is you can't question the fact that the the movies certainly did bring in a brand new group of fans. Yeah. And, you know, as much as we might hate to say it, <laughs> uh, those fans that were six or seven in 2007 are now adults. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they might be, you know, they might have little kids of their own. So that's done an awful lot to bring people in. But I think the other thing is you can't not factor in the the great benefit that IDW has had Mm -hmm. on the convention as well by not only bringing more fans in, but a much more diverse fan group. Absolutely. Uh, And I I think that's 
that's been absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I mean that's 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 another thing that was quite. I will, well, I don't know whether I want to use the word startling, but like going 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 last year and just seeing yeah the 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 diversity in in the fandom in compared with when I went previously when it was just you know a lot of a lot of white Let, guys. Let's be honest, I, I, I don't know if I can. <laughs> it was a sausage fest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed, all of a certain age. Yeah. And yeah, whereas now it's it's very broad indeed. Like, um, yeah, yeah, it was not what I was expecting at all. It really wasn't. It's was so many people there from so many walks of life mm. that you wouldn't expect would be, let alone into Transformers or the collecting aspect of it at all. And yeah, no, and, and breath of fresh air. Yeah, and and to me, you know, like as much as that has been absolutely fantastic to see. The bit that always still gets me every every year is when you see the families who come along because their little son or daughter has gotten into the franchise. Parents don't give two sausages, <laughs> you know, about it. But we, I'll always try to make time for as many of them as I can just to say, like, are you enjoying it? Mm -hmm. You know, mm. and, and get that feedback from people who aren't Transformers fans, who've just been dragged along, you know, whether it be a partner that's been dragged along because their significant other, like, you know, wants them wants them to really understand how important Transformers are. <laughs> um, like, it's great. Like, I, I love it. I, I love the diversity of it. Because yeah. with diversity comes... Uh, a much better appreciation for what Transformers can be. Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't just have to be G1 as much as Hasbro needed to be at mm -hmm. the minute. Uh, <laughs> but um, and it's it, it's great because I think there are some you know, and this is a completely different subject, but there are some major challenges facing. I think the brand at the moment, like in in terms of what the next ten years are going to look like. And for us to still be able to go from strength to strength to strength shows that, you know, people are still invested in it. And they're not just fair weather. You know, how many times have you heard people say online, oh, you can't be interested in this. You're a girl. Uh, as soon as like the thing you like is um, is done, you, you won't be a, a part of this anymore. Well, we're proof that that's not the case, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's great. And I just hope that, has broken get their act together and uh you know give a new generation of people the same reason to come to these things you and me both you and me both i mean that, that's something something i constantly bemoan with, uh, yes. with dave that, <laughs> that there is a kind of over reliance on on nostalgia going on these days mm. you know eventually people are gonna start not necessarily dying but dropping off and hey. you know you need those those young people coming in with something new you know what? I, I've said this before. You know, I am a 40-year-old white male. <laughs> like, I I realize that when young people come to the convention and they see me on stage the whole time, that their reaction is going to be, who is this old man mm. Like that I can't relate to? You know, and that's a conscious thought on, on my part mm. um, about, you know, what, what we do. I Like, I, I like to think that, you know, We've diversified our stage presence because we have younger fans, people who, I, I say younger fans, people who grew up on Armada. Armada came out 20 odd years ago. Um, but, you know, we have, it, it's not just men on stage. Mm -hmm. we're, we're very conscious of 
making sure that our guest lineup is diversified and that's not just a case of you know men and women but it's like men women toy designers uh comic book guests voice actors every single facet of the franchise if you're a fan of it we try to cater to you uh and sometimes that's easy and sometimes it's really hard yeah. because there's an awful lot of you know uh fans but uh it, it's something that we're constantly you know thinking about well it's interesting you say say that about you you're you're 40 i'm 44 but um this podcast is a quite a good example of of that diversity because like dave is 15 years younger than me and he grew up mm. on well, well dave what did you grow up on yeah the you know you hit it nail on the head armada unicorn trilogy that's um that's what got me into the franchise to begin with and then beast wars and stuff like that and then eventually mm. you know dip my toes into g1 and stuff but yeah, it was definitely that resurgence transformers had in the early 2000s that got me in yeah and we have yeah. a totally different outlook on the franchise due to what you know i'm i'm like an original g1 fan as it were i watched mm. it in the 80s as a kid loved it then and uh Whereas, yeah, whereas for, for for Dave, like, G1 was the past. Like, I recently did an interview with uh, Simon Furman. I was talking, mm. and one of the things that Dave remarked on it was, like, you can't envisage a time that that there were, when there was no Transformers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't, what, so he just didn't know what Transformers were? And I was like, well, because they didn't exist. <laughs> See, I, I, I think I fell nicely into because obviously I was born in 82. So by the time I was conscious of what was going on in the world, Transformers existed. Mm-hmm. So even though I technically predated the, the, the franchise itself, like I don't have any awareness of, of what it was like before Transformers existed. Yeah, because you would have been, in, well, uh, two, three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's it. You know, like, I mean, my, you know, my earliest memories are, you know, sitting down to watch the 86 movie and crying my eyes out when Optimus Prime died. So the yeah. fact that I had that like emotional response to Optimus Prime's death suggests to me that I must have obviously been much more aware of the franchise mm-hmm. than what I was. But yeah, it, like I love hearing like, because for me, and, and I will say like, you know, this is m- my journey to try and be a better human being. Um, I used to on stage, you know, for, years and years and years just like relentlessly mock people where it was like you know do we have any fans of g1 in the room yeah do we have any fans of armada in the room yeah do we have any fans of the live action movie in the room yeah oh i'm so sorry for you <laughs> you know um and then that would have changed you know i would have mocked armada and then it would have been energon then it would have been cybertron you know and that wasn't because i wasn't a fan of them like mm-hmm. i i think what trans I'm sorry, this is completely off talking about the convention, but <laughs> what Transformers needs today is the next Armada. Mm, they absolutely. need they do. They need a complete reinvention of the show and the concept. Somebody somebody suggested to me the other night, and I thought this was a fantastic idea. They should just do a Transformer show where it's all dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Like <laughs> Not not Beast Wars, not like different animals, just all dinosaurs. Because little kids love dinosaurs. Uh, 
and you know everybody loves Grimlock and things like that. You should yeah. just do something like that. Completely, re completely reinvent the whole thing. You know, Optimus Prime is a T Rex. I mean, he technically was in uh, in Rescue Bot, but like mm -hmm. you oh, know, yeah. something like that. Something completely brand new for a new generation of people. Yeah, and I mean, looking at Earthspark, that feels like that's something that's trying to do that. Whether or not it's going to be successful, I'm not sure, but it's definitely doing, trying to take the franchise in a different direction. Although there's still quite a lot of like legacy characters, you know, yeah. Optimus Prime is a is a truck and blah 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 blah. Uh, it does feel tonally quite different to anything we've had before, which I think is a good thing. Yeah, I, I just wish it wasn't so blooming hard for people to watch it. Agreed. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that, that's the state of that's the state of everything these days, isn't it? With a lot of stuff, especially yeah. kids kids franchises, because kids TV is not the thing it used to be. No, no. Uh, and and I think personally, you know, for my mind, I think Cyberverse, as much as I never thought it got a fair shake, mm. because it went in with such like we as fans quote unquote can be a ridiculously picky bunch. Absolutely. And, and I, I feel like when Cyberverse like launched, it was like, it's non-union voice actors. Uh it's uh it, it, it it's all about Bumblebee and and Windblade and everybody hates Windblade. Uh, <laughs> it's uh it, it's uh it, it's only 10 minutes. Uh, da, 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 da. And like, you know, coming out of it you're like it reinvented the Quintessons in the best way that they've been tracked probably ever. Mm. Uh, the second and third season were genuinely good storytelling. The 10 minute format is exactly what you want for a kid's show nowadays, because you know, what is the one thing that a kid who is older than the age of six, what are they always carrying around with them? A phone or an iPad? Mm. Like the idea of kids sitting down to watch a 22 minute the only reason we sat down and watched cartoons on a saturday morning because <laughs> we had no other option like, <laughs> yeah you know yeah. uh it, like the world has changed um and and as much as i like earth spark uh and i i agree with you i i think the um tone that they've gone for has tried to do something again you can't help but feel like yeah there's optimus prime there's Soundwave, there's mm -hmm. Megatron, there's mm -hmm. Bumblebee. Um, which one of the three interchangeable female Autobots are you going to put in this show? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like fun, it's enjoyable, cool, I guess, but is are kids watching it? Yeah. And mm. even if kids are watching it, kids can't walk in uh, can't walk into a toy shop and buy the toys. Yeah. No. Because they're 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 already on sale in TK Maxx. Mm -hmm. uh, what? Like, yeah, absolutely, yeah. It's mad. You've given up on it before it's even like before it's even out. Yeah. But don't worry, because you can go into a shop and buy a a deluxe toy for twenty five pounds, <laughs> which is taking a character that somebody else might have liked from a completely different show and just twisting it so it fits into G one. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> I, I do apologize. Like I, I've completely co-opted this podcast. I'm not talking about TF Nation. We'll come back to it. And I'm not ragging on Hasbro. I know why they're doing it. Yes. I understand it, but no. I mean, this this, this is a standard. The standard sort of conversation me and Dave have anyway. Um, yeah. It is. About 
about the franchise and about and about what's what Hasbro are doing. Um, I yeah, I, I I agree with you. I hope that they find a way to kind of move away from the same old stuff over and over again and do something yeah. different. Your lifelong fans will always be there. Yeah, I mean, I yes, my interest in the in the franchise is mostly nostalgic. It's mostly mm. to do with G one, bit of Beast Wars. Um, I love the IDW stuff. I thought that was great. Mm. And, I, and, and I've got a small IDW toy collection purely because of the strength of the writing of that of those books. Mm. But yeah, I mean, I, I didn't follow Cyberverse, but I want people to like it. I want it to be mm. popular and I want people to buy the toys. And the same goes for mm. Earthspark because it, and the sa- same goes for the movies, which I absolutely despise. But <laughs> I, want those, them, I want them to be good, but sec- if they're not good, at least I want people... Some people are like them and buy the toys and, and for the franchise to continue. Yeah, exactly. That's it. You you yeah. always do because mm. because you might that next show might be like I remember like this was a complete moment for me, which was I, I remember the very first time that I actively got involved in the online community was Christmas Day of 2007 when I got my first video camera because I thought, I'm going to be a YouTube celebrity. Um, (laughs) And my very first video was talking about how terrible Transformers Animated (laughs) looks because the very pilot, the the first pilot episode is going to air the following day. And it was like, Transformers Animated looks terrible. It looks too cartoony. I don't like this Tasmanian Devil Transformer thing. (laughs) The very next day, I made a second video humbly apologizing (laughs) because Transformers Animated was absolutely fantastic. Um, You know, and to my mind, has not been topped like since. Oh, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like, and if you've ever been to TF Nation, it's probably because of why every everything we do is so Transformers animated oriented, <laughs> because we love it so much. Um, but, you know, that's it. It's like, like, be humble about it and just give everything a shot. Some things are going to work for you. Some things aren't. And guess what? Things that aren't aren't going to detract from the stuff that you already love. No, they're going to add really because they're they're going to bring more people in, bring more money into the franchise, and then and then for for example, you know, you, I said I don't like the movies, but the movies had a very positive effect on the franchise and resulted mm-hmm. in things like animated and uh, um, IDW and so on, which maybe may but may not happened if the franchise was still on the wane as it were um, previous to that. See, it's interesting because I have sort of the polar opposite thing, which is that I think. We're now living in an era where the movies have done more harm mm. than good to the franchise because I don't think you can have that creative freedom anymore now that Transformers has been a billion-dollar movie franchise. Mm. I think this is why we're locked in the cycle of legacy characters constantly having to be churned out. Mm. Um you know, and and to my mind, it's like everything that happened that was fresh and new and exciting happened prior to the release of 2007's, you know, basically animated is is, is the last show that came out, even though it didn't come out prior, it, but it was in development before the movie. So there was no way, f- there was no way for them to know how big the movies were going to be. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, you know, animated is, it, it's like the first season 
doesn't have Decepticons. Yep. Like, yeah. the Autobots are fighting humans. That's different. They're basically superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, now, Optimus Prime, Megatron, they're, you know, and I will never forgive the movies because I'm so sick to death of uh, the old Spark. It is the just worst MacGuffin in the entire world. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I do. I do agree with you on that point. I just, I just think yeah. one thing it did do is inject a lot of money into the franchise and, oh, and, 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 no and bring a lot of fans yeah. in, and that that helped in a way allow some other things to happen. Now it feels, yeah. now it feels bloated and tired and old, and it feels like there should be a whole a reshuffle, a reboot of everything. Mm, right, I, I agree. And I, I, I think Hasbro's, and this is just my guess, but I think Hasbro's and Paramount are going to be in for a bit of a wake-up call because I I suspect Rise of the Beasts isn't going to do very well. I feel the same. <laughs> but uh... Yeah, I mean, I quite like Bumblebee and I felt like that could have been a reboot, um, but then mm. wasn't. Yeah. And now it just feels like they're going back to what they did before. Uh, like, I, I watched the trailer for... The Rise of the Beast, and I was like, "No, okay, this looks like more of the same." <laughs> yeah, like that's the that's the problem, isn't it? Like mm. the Michael Bay movies made billions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Bumblebee movie made seven hundred thousand. Now yeah. you don't need to be a genius to realize that seven hundred <laughs> million dollars is not a billion dollars. So obviously, Paramount and Hasbro are going to be like, "Oh well, we need to go back to the ones that made us billions." Yeah, uh, you know, and I've 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 said it for a long time. Like, why, <laughs> why would a kid enjoy a three-hour movie? <laughs> why, why are Transformers movies not ninety minutes? Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Well, I mean, it's it, it's not the only franchise that's suffering from that, to be honest. Yes, <laughs> there's plenty yeah. going on way too long than they need to be. <laughs> Yeah. But hey, but but hey, don't worry, because DC's gonna try it again. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll, we'll get onto that. I've I've noticed you're quite a big DC fan. Huge. My optics. Okay, so yeah, um, to steer the conversation then back to TF Nation. Thank you. <laughs> so we've got you've got two, well, two this year. You've got the Minicon, which I know it's just sold out. Oh, has that gone out? Has it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's morning or yesterday. Yeah, I, I didn't know we'd put the release out. Yes, yeah, fantastic! Mm. Like, really, really wonderful to hear that. Yeah, so we've got the we've got the minicon uh, in March, which mm-hmm. is the twenty fifth of March, Saturday, the twenty fifth of March, and that's in Manchester, mm-hmm. and that is just a literal one day thing. Um, it, it's it's going to be a much smaller thing. Uh, what I'm really happy about. Uh, with Manchester is just how many first timers are going to be there. Mm-hmm. Like people who've never been to a TFN before. And we just thought we would do it because we had originally intended to do these or start doing these uh, back in 2019. Mm-hmm. And we started testing the water by just doing meetups, like informal things. And people came along and we thought to ourselves, well, hold on a minute. Like if people are coming along to like informal meeting, like catch-ups in pubs and things like that, why don't we just like do TFN again, but take it on the road? Mm-hmm. Uh, because we can't really take the main convention on the road because of the scale of the convention, we need space. And there's very few places. You, you guys will obviously know this because you, you've been before, but you, you know the scale of the Hilton. Yeah. yeah. And for a lot of people, they may not understand that there's not a great deal of venues in the UK that have that kind of space. 
So as much as people might turn around and go, oh, I wish it wasn't in Birmingham. I wish it was further south or further north. Mm -hmm. the, the problem is, is it's very difficult to find somewhere like that. Whereas with the Minicon, uh, we, we can take it really wherever we want, assuming that it's successful. It has sold out. It is obviously successful. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be fun, like a little one-day thing. Uh, we're going to have traders there, so you're going to be able to get your Transformers fix. We're going to have some guests there, uh, artists. Um, it's going to be fun. Like, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, I, I used to live in Sheffield, so I think when I was there, I, when I was living up, I live in Brighton now, so I'm mm. way too far away from Manchester to make it. But um, yeah, when I was up there, that that was happening just across, just over the Pennines. That would have been fantastic. So yeah, it's it's good. It's good that you're trying to do smaller ones outside of yeah Birmingham, which is where all the conventions happen, really, isn't it? Well, a lot mm. of them anyway. Yeah, well, there's a couple of things that we have realised, and and one of them is is that you know there are a lot of people, myself included. Like I know this is going to sound like a weird thing to say. Uh, for somebody who helps run a convention, but I don't like conventions. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> and what I mean by that is any convention that I've been to outside of TFN and BotCon, I, I managed to go to one BotCon, mm. but any of these all-purpose general conventions that you go to, I don't like them. Mm. Uh, I find them completely impersonal. Uh, they are designed to absolutely sap your wallet mm -hmm. you know oh hey you get in like and this is one of the things that i'm really proud of what we're able to do at auto assembly which is that i've just said auto assembly we're not auto yeah. assembly we're tf nation um <laughs> one of the th but the reason i i said auto assembly is because this was a, a driving principle from all the way back then which is that yes your ticket may be more expensive but once you get into the convention, you don't pay for photographs. You don't pay for autographs. You you don't pay for meet and greets. Our guests are free to mingle as much as they want in the bar and things like that. Mm -hmm. That that's kind of one of the things that we build ourselves on. Whereas, and I'm not ragging on other conventions because of the scale of these conventions. They have to be run in a sort of way but it, i find it to be you know rather impersonal and, and very expensive uh, you know yes. <laughs> people will turn around and say oh well you know tf nation's ticket price is double that of london let's say for example to get in mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i turn around and go yeah but how much is an autograph for um i don't know actor x oh it's 60 quid <laughs> right yeah. okay so that's the ticket price so actually you've paid more and all you've gotten is a scribble on a piece of paper. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I remember I remember one year at MCM, a ticket, I mean, the ticket in to get in was expensive as on its own, but getting an autograph and a picture from, I think it was like Tom Hiddleston, mm. was like £250. What's his name? Uh, oh, the Doctor. Oh, he uh, was in Morbius as well. Um Oh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith. I, I, I saw a little while ago that he's going to a convention and he's charging £200, I think, <laughs> or something like that for an autograph. <laughs> and I'm like, that's obscene. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that that genuinely is. Now, hey, look, hustle all you want. Like, if, if that is the market <laughs> value for uh, a Matt Smith autograph, then then that's cool. 
Mm -hmm. But, you know, personally for me, I, like, I'd feel really uncomfortable with that. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's one of the things I loved about TFN, that, that it was all inclusive. Everything was included, uh, mm. essentially. Um, because I've been to plenty of other conventions. And, I, and like, I, I'm in agreement. I, I really don't like conventions. I mean, Dave was going on at me to go to TFN, and I was like... Oh, I don't know. I don't like those things. It's just like it's like it's just it's just like wandering around being sold stuff. Like that is what M MCN's like, and it uh, and it's what a lot of other things. I mean, I've I've never paid to go to MCN. Dave goes, God knows why. <laughs> but uh, I I've worked there. I used to bo demo board games there, and it is it is just that there's just queues everywhere, and it's just people constantly taking money. Yeah. The, the only other convention I can say that. I've been to that felt similar to TFN was the Kapow convention that was held in London for a couple of years. Okay. Run by, um, oh, what's his name? Uh, Mark Miller, comics book writer. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, kick-ass, all that. Mm -hmm. But that was that was a similar situation. Like, you, you, pay, you pay your ticket and then you could queue up and get a, a, an autograph from anyone. You weren't being charged. There were panels. All the panels had famous comic book artists and editors and all sorts and they were all free to go to and that's exactly how it is with tfn like you 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 pay your money to get in i only went i only went for the saturday but i got to see the panels i wanted i got to meet the meet the writers and artists and so on that i wanted to meet um got to get into the dealer room and buy some things and and yeah you have people people whether, whether they're there as um as guests or they're there as uh, as punters they're all kind of milling about the bar and you can go up and talk to people. It's a really friendly, friendly vibe. Is it, isn't it such a novel concept of going to a <laughs> comic book convention and, and actually seeing comic book guests? Uh, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This is, you know, it's, it's like, oh, Matt Smith's coming to Comic-Con, right? And, <laughs> but, uh, but, but where's Tom Taylor? Or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, like... <laughs> Oh well, Absolutely. who's he? He's a comic book writer. We wouldn't want one of them in our, in our comic con. Uh, and if they are there, they're shoved in like a room to one side somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And 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 to be honest, like you know, I've I've heard horror stories, you know, from Transformers comic book creators who, you know, have gone to other conventions, you know, where they're trapped terribly. Mm -hmm. You know, where, whereas they, they come to TFN and it's like there's no real distinction between the voice actor and the comic book guest. You know, mm -hmm. like if you're a Transformers fan, uh, you might want to go get an autograph from, you know, this year we've got Sue Blue. Now, Sue, uh, legend in, in the voice acting world, legend within Transformers. She is... You know, voice director on Beast Wars. Uh, she she was Generation One RC. She was RC in uh, in Transformers Animated. You know, she she's done it all. Mm. But you know, she will be in the same room signing autographs with the likes of James Roberts, Simon. Uh, well, no, sorry, we haven't got Simon this year, but uh, Nick Roach or somebody like that. There's no mm. distinction there. Like the comic book guests should not be like shoved into the corner somewhere. Uh, because they're just as important to the franchise. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's one of my one of my gripes as a comic book fan is just like how how underserved comic books are in comic book or comic cons. Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, mm -hmm. That's that's something I've I've bemoaned because it's like, how can you put the word comic con in your uh, 
in your in your convention description. Yeah. When there's nothing <laughs> comics there, it's, it, it should be called the Funko Pop Con. Oh, oh. the Funko Pop Con. I know. I know. <laughs> Do you know? Like, I I am I am absolutely convinced that like. Uh, Following the great fall of humanity, Funko Pops are going to be used as currency, like yeah. <laughs> in the new era. Like, all oh, the only thing to survive the great massacre of like twenty twenty five was Funko Pops and cockroaches. Okay. <laughs> yeah, well, there's enough of them about. That's true. Well, it's that a Lego bricks, one of the two, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you were touching on the guests for this year. So yeah, Sue Blue's a great, a great addition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there anyone else you want to mention or tease? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we, we all, like I said earlier, we always try to get a, a good swath of uh, guests for the convention. Now, we've only got a few uh, announced thus far. We've still got more to go. Mm-hmm. But uh, Jack Lawrence, who was the artist on uh the the Lost latest Light. wrecker series and and Lost Light yeah absolutely uh mm-hmm. with his uh Lost Light uh, writing partner James Roberts mm-hmm. uh, they're both there uh, Sue Blue obviously as I've mentioned uh the other big name that we've got is David Sobolov who if you're a Beast Wars fan he was Depth Charge in Beast Wars uh he was Shockwave in Transformers Prime. Uh, he was Gorilla Grodd on the CW Flash series. Mm-hmm. He was also in uh, the Bumblebee movie and is going to be in the new uh, Rise of the Beasts movie as well. Um, so you had you had me at Death Charge. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And just a, a, a super cool guy. Like I've, I've had the privilege of meeting David before. Um, and just really, really down to worth, you know. Uh, and the other guest that we've got announced at the moment uh, is Steve White, who was an artist and colorist uh, for Marvel, uh, and just genuinely like a supreme mm. talent. Mm. And uh, John Paul Bove, uh, who again is a comic book writer and colorist, and you know you would have seen his work on um, Transformers eighty four, Transformers eighty four, the Regeneration series. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's done. He's done a whole load of stuff for IDW, and and genuinely like one of the funniest men on the planet. Right. Like, he's just great. Yeah, absolutely. No, I so I certainly like to meet him. I really loved his work on Transformers eighty four. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Him and uh, Guido Giddy, they they really kind of evoked that feeling of the early Marvel comics, uh, but in a kind of modern way. I really loved that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and hearing JP talk about um, you know how. Because obviously he he grew up on those Marvel comics and and that's what got him to become a fan, you know. So for him to get the opportunity to to not only take that story a step further and be involved in it, but then also have to figure out how, you know, because we don't live in the world of dot printing anymore, uh, mm-hmm. you know how to how to update the colors but still make it feel like an uh, a Marvel comic from the nineteen eighties. Yeah, you know, super fascinating, really, really fascinating. Mm. Uh, but yeah, and we've got we've got more guests coming up uh, in, in Manchester for the Minicon, which, like I say, it's a much smaller event. Uh, but JP is going to be there. Uh, we've got Mr. Chris Carter, who was an artist on some of the uh, Panini comic books. We've got TF Nation's own Mr. Ed Perry, who finally got to put his pencils into IDW two. Uh, towards the latter part of that run uh, and of course Nick Roach who well everybody knows Nick at this point yeah <laughs> uh, 
He's a mainstay. Yeah, and and obviously one of the character designers of Earthspark as well. Mm, yeah, right, absolutely. Cool. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm a friend of mine. Uh, well, actually, a, an occasional co-host on this podcast, who we we affectionately called Galactosh. <laughs> He's hoping to hear um, an announcement that Cybertronic Spree are playing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what? Like a few years ago, we we did a concert which was uh, we had Stan Bush, mm-hmm. who played in 2019. I want to say 2018, 2019, 2018, and. Uh, you know, like we we spared no expense. Uh, like you know, it was a, a full concert and things like that. But those things are complicated. Like I can imagine, yes, sticks and things like that. You know, I what I always say is like never say never. We you know there is nobody that we have like ever like ruled out. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just about you know balancing an awful lot of things, <laughs> finding the the right guests for the right year for for the right people um you know and not only that but it's it's trying to find availability for people as well especially you know when you're dealing with voice actors uh, incredibly busy people uh who are in demand all the time and asking them to not only take you know sometimes a week out of their schedule because they're having to fly over and and mm. do the convention mm. and fly back uh, it is tricky, but uh, yeah, we always appreciate like when people turn around and say, you know, I would really like to see this guest. Um, so it, it, it's always good to know that. And and yes, I've I've definitely we've oh we've definitely heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Gary Chalk last year. That was that was fantastic. So yeah. yeah, it was. It was it was great to have Gary back. Gary's been to the UK several times. Uh, and you know is is just a wonderful guy and you know a, a great mainstay of transformers and we you know we got to hear him sing which was great yeah uh, that's so, very cool mm-hmm. <laughs> but that's what we like to do as well uh, you know with with things like that if there is a guest who has a secondary talent yeah you know like likes to do something that is performance based like gary with his singing and stuff it's like okay cool let's celebrate that let's let's give him a microphone let's give him a good you know his guitar and and let's give him the space to do it because these people aren't just voice actors they're human beings yeah Mm. and i i love to do that like that's that that's kind of one of the things that i i absolutely cherish and like i say because i get to i'm basically the guy that puts the show together i basically get what i want most of the time anyway so it's fun. <laughs> that's a nice position to be in yeah yeah <laughs> so like if you come to tfn and go oh well the show is terrible like, i like buying the toys but like the show is dreadful there was nothing interesting going on but that's my fault you know okay <laughs> we know we know who to blame if that yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. so far that has not so well mm. done <laughs> so yeah i mean i suppose uh dave you got any more questions about tfn you want to ask um I guess I mean, we didn't really cover it. I guess we talk about the big broadcast. Like, what? How was that? Because obviously the pandemic was a a major hit. Yeah, you know, for, yeah. So, so, I mean, you can imagine it. You know, two thousand and nineteen. We do the convention. Uh, we know at the end of that show that we've got Peter Cullen for the next year. You know, twenty yeah. twenty. Peter Cullen's coming. Yeah. Like we knew. That we were just waiting on, you know, the ink drying on the contract and things like that. And then, yeah, what, February, March of 2020, the whole thing just got, uh, you know, pulled out from under us because uh, 
I don't know, what was it, bats in China or something like that? I don't know. Like, um, Handolins. Something, yeah. something happened, you know. Um, and yeah, like, so we, uh, we, we were sort of sat there thinking to ourselves, like, you know, well, what are we going to do? Um, I mean, we could have taken two years off, mm. but we didn't. And, you know, we, the people that work for TF Nation, and when I say work for, I mean the people that volunteer their time to put TF Nation on, we're all kind of sat there just going like, yeah, but we we like still want to do something. Um, mm-hmm. And it was great because what the big broadcast afforded us was the opportunity to be able to do something. Like, you might have heard me say this last year, um, because with TFN, we, we I, I mentioned earlier about how most conventions feel like this monolithic like it's totally impersonal and things like that um we we never want that to feel that way which is why the last panel on the sunday before we finish the show is us on stage um and we we basically stick ourselves out there and we say like look now's the time to ask us questions like mm-hmm. um we're, we're not afraid to tackle like really awkward questions and things like that um because we believe transparency is important and and i said on that panel and i think i say this every year is we never want to do the same show twice uh it's always going to have to be something different and and so when it came to the big broadcast it was like right well what can we do uh and fortunately we had an in to Corey burton yeah and Corey obviously doesn't do conventions uh so you know we had the opportunity i had the opportunity to interview Corey burton and that was just you know fantastic like it was it was brilliant so to be able to do stuff like that that was really good and you know we thought at the end of it it was like right that was a lot of work put in for something which effectively we gave away for free on the internet Mm -hmm. because it's not like we were going to have to do it again was it (laughs) (laughs) it'll be fine <laughs> uh, and then and then we did it the next year and uh you know and then, and then finally last year you know we were able to to host it again in and that was a real worry you know because it was like people haven't been to the convention for two years mm. are they going to come back yeah and they did you know and we we broke our attendance record again which was which was wonderful you know and then we thought well we're back it's great excellent like we're on a roll you know and and nothing could stop us this is great you know and then obviously you know everything just became ridiculously expensive so fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i think in a way uh, people were itching to get out there and do something i mean i know right. that uh once once the you know lockdown was lifted, it was like right, what 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 have I got booked in? What am I? Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? Yeah. So yeah, I was I was going to everything available. So I think that possibly helped. Oh, I'm I'm sure it did. Mm-hmm. And and you know we we uh, we've heard from many people you know over the course of the years where where people will say to us that TF Nation in August is the event of the year. Like yeah. that's mm-hmm. the thing that they look forward to that's their holiday mm. you know they don't go to the states or, or or you know europe on holiday or anything like that they save all year to go to tf nation 
uh, and spend a lot of money on toys. Um, <laughs> but um, and that's great to hear, you know. And hotel rooms and beer. Yeah, and exactly. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's it. So. You know, we really, we really got that when we went to TFN last year. It was like I think that was the thing I walked away with that was most surprising. It was just like this family element mm. of the people that was there, and it was like when you go to the bar and people are just sitting down having a chat and people are so inviting to sit, sit you down and talk to you about what toys they just bought or, or, or wanted to introduce you to other people around or yeah. there's, you know, a celebrity in the bar, you know, people go over and have a chat with them. It's not like, uh, I, you know, I don't know, like a big awkward moment for the celebrity or anything. It's just no, a normal no. chat. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I've, I've said all of the time, it's, you know, TF nation, is the most chill, relaxed. And I, I, I say that as somebody who was constantly never chilled or relaxed during the convention, because I'm always <laughs> running around doing stuff. But, uh, you know, what we want uh, people to come away with is just thinking, wow, that ran really smoothly uh, and, and I had a great time. And I always say to people, you know, if you're coming to the convention for the first time and you don't really know anybody, the easiest way to to just get involved is to sit down at the bar uh and you will you know you will hear people talking about things you will see people playing with toys you know and you know be respectful just be polite mm -hmm. listen talk and you will find friends you know mm -hmm. a lot of the time people come up to me uh, and say, oh, I, I've seen you on stage, or um, I've uh, I, I've listened to you on a podcast, or I, I used to watch your YouTube videos, or things like that. And you could sometimes see that they start getting slightly uncomfortable when I start having proper conversations with them, <laughs> <laughs> because they're expecting me to go, oh, thank you very much, yeah, take care. You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. I was like, no, no, come on, let's have a chat. Like, you know, hey, oh, you've got a bag of toys. What, what have you bought? Like, oh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, that's garbage. But you know, good for you. <laughs> you know, uh, oh, you, you've bought, uh, you've bought Armada Scavenger. Right, we can no longer associate with each other. Uh, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I love that. Like, I, I, I think uh, it's, it's the thing that makes it different. And part of that thing about the guests is that that's the way it's always been. I remember mm. sitting in the hotel bar at Auto Assembly when I was first there, and you you were sitting and you were chatting and things like that, and then all of a sudden you see this guy walk past and you go, "Is that is that is that, is that Greg Berger?" <laughs> yeah, I think it is, uh, Mr. Berger. Would you like to come and join us for a drink? Oh, I'd be happy to. You know, and then then you end up. You know, till three AM, like <laughs> talking with Grimlock about everything and anything. You know, like yeah. Uh, it. Yeah, truly, truly is it. it it's wonderful, um, and that's kind of like the freedom we give our guests. Not every guest is going to be comfortable with that. You know, I always say to people like, don't go in with the expectation that like every guest is 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 going to feel that comfort level. Mm -hmm. because that's down to the individual um not only that as well but sometimes we have guests that literally fly in for the convention and fly out again and you yeah. know mm. in those instances they're probably jet lagged you know they need 
they need time to relax. So, you know, don't always assume that that's going to be the case. Uh, but again, if you're just respectful, then I, I've never known, a, you know, there to be an, any issue ever with it. I was going to say, yeah, I, there was definitely an element of that when I was walking around with my girlfriend at TFN because we would see people and they would be, you know, gobsmacked to, you know, that, I don't know, Theo Adams is there. I definitely was. I was so gobsmacked um, Friday and Saturday. I only spoke to him really on the Sunday. And by that time, I was like, well, he's such a chill guy to talk to. I could have been speaking to him from the very first time I saw him. Mm. But it's just that, you know, getting over the hurdle of like, you know, they're just human beings. It's, it's fine. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can talk to them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's it. Like, if, you know, sometimes people, I personally myself, like, I, uh, I forget sometimes like how big and popular YouTube is now in terms of the fandom, you know, the likes of your Chris McFeely's, the likes of, you know, your Thu's, uh, stuff like that. The, these people who, you know, um, the triple takeover guys, the, these people who mm -hmm. have really made a niche for themselves online. And I always, <laughs> I always laugh when people are like is that chris mcfeely i'm like yeah it's like is, 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 he's the basics guy and i'm like yeah he's quite basic um <laughs> you know because i i've known chris I, I, god i've known chris for like 15 years you know mm -hmm. back in the back in the day like chris was at my wedding you know it was it's like to me he's just like it's yeah it's chris he he, he talks about stuff on the internet like you know but 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 genuinely i i do forget how how shocked people are like when when they see them uh and that's great you know that's great for them that's great for us it's it's great that you can have that interaction with somebody and go oh wow yeah he's not like what you would expect youtube celebrity people to be like <laughs> you know uh mm -hmm. but yeah it's 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 so much fun it, it really is and then you know, I, I think everybody, especially with Chris, everybody has kind of realized that they hate Chris because of the quizzes, you know, that he does every year for us. Well, that, that's the, the quiz was really good. That that helped as well, you know, get to connect with people that we didn't know yeah. or that people were first timers because we were all sat next to each other discussing these really tough questions. Yeah, yeah. I, that, that, that was actually part of the thing is... Uh, you know, I, I do that almost every year, which is just like, you know, put your hand up if you don't have like a team as, as part of the quiz. And, you know, a lot of people put their hands up. I'm like, right, turn around to the person on your left and say hi. That's like, mm -hmm. right, now you're a team. Mm -hmm. Go for it. You know, because you're all in this together and you're all going to hurt as much as each other. Because I have seen the quiz and I know what Chris is doing. Uh, that, that's part of the fun of it. Like nobody comes out of mcfeely's uh matrix test quiz feeling good about themselves you know, uh, like, like i felt bad actually because this year i was sat in the audience because normally i would have been on stage with chris doing the quiz but we changed the format up mm. um mm. so i didn't need to be on stage and chris is doing it himself he's doing a wonderful job and I'm, I'm sat there and there's a group of guys behind me and they're like do you know the answers and i'm like <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and they're like, they're like, please, like, we haven't got like anything, and I'm like, all right, okay, like, and and one of the questions comes on, and uh, they're like, what's the answer? And I'm like, uh, genuinely, I can't remember. 
<laughs> Sorry. Like, I'm not being difficult here, but like, yeah, like, I, I don't know this stuff. Like, you know, I, I know my bits of Transformers. I know the bits that I enjoy. I couldn't tell you what parody deformed mm. is. Like, yeah. uh, you know, but. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's a huge. There's so much, so much information. I mean, you look at like TF Wiki or whatever, and there's so there's so much stuff mm. in there that I don't know, and I've been following it for, you know, oh yeah, yeah, it's that's absolutely. Going. It's it's why it's why Chris always uh, always amazes me, you know, um, <laughs> because mm-hmm. he is he's just like a computer sometimes. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I didn't I didn't know that he was on a podcast about Sonic the Hedgehog as well. Like I didn't. Yeah, he's got some weird obsession with like second-rate video game mascots. But no, no, yeah, he is. I did, I did not know that at all. <laughs> it was because um, he was in the same hotel um, that we were staying in. I think Gary Chalk was in the same hotel as well. Mm. And I saw saw him during the breakfast, and a kid was going up asking him to sign something. And my girlfriend was asking me, "Oh, is that one of your Transformers people?" And I was like, "I don't know who he is." I don't, I'm, <laughs> I didn't know what he looked like. Mm. I only know his voice. <laughs> so it was, uh, yeah, very interesting, very surreal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, uh, Chris, and his, his co-host do uh, Sonic the Comic. I, like, I love that. I, I love, uh, I, I love when other people have got passions and things like that for stuff that I have no relevance for. You know, I was a Nintendo kid growing up, um, so I, I, you know, Mario was always yeah. better than Sonic. Well, it's, it's indisputable, isn't it? Really. Well, I mean, history has proven me right, but uh, but I never realised that you know how important those Sonic comics were to to the UK fandom, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's great. And and like Chris says, you know he's not a he's not necessarily a fan of Sonic the Hedgehog. He's a fan mm. of Sonic the comic. You know, um, and I, th- I, you know, I think there is a distinction to be made there. Like, yeah, you'll play the games and things like that, but, um, but, but that's the same. You know, I'm a Transformers Generation One fan. That doesn't mean that I'm a movie fan or whatever it is. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. But if as long as you've got your niche and and your little piece that you enjoy, then then cool. So yeah, you, you've mentioned DC a couple of times now. So mm. I, I I gather from from your Twitter that you are quite a big DC fan. Uh, yeah, just a little <laughs> bit, just a little bit. You know, as as much as they as much as they try to convince me otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What can I say? Like, you know, you love what you love, even when it hurts. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm a huge comic book fan, and I mean, one thing that always I always kind of rib Dave about is that. He claims to be a comic book fan, mm. but his interest in comics is anything but <laughs> comics. It's like, it's all the movies, all the toys, and then you go, but have you read this? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Reading? Read! It's true. Like, yeah. Yeah. And he'll, he'll describe something that happened in, say, um, Dark Knight Returns, and I'll say, that didn't happen in Dark Knight Returns. And then he'll go. Oh, I mean the the animated version. I'm like, oh, yeah, that did. No. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's great that so many people like superheroes. It's really mm. bad that so few people actually care to read superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it is what it is. Thank you, Marvel Cinematic Universe, for completely, <laughs> you know, doing us over on that one. 
It is. It is relentless. It, well, it is. It is. And and <laughs> and you know now that the, I I feel like the tide of public opinion is turning on the MCU. Like you know, yeah. um, even Dave's starting to get sick of it. So yeah, I, I take two hour two hour two year breaks. So um, that's how I keep my mind fresh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll be perfectly honest. I haven't watched or or seen anything that Marvel have put out since what was the last Spider-Man? Far From Home. Far From Home, that was it. Uh, and prior to that, it was like Endgame. And even then, I still hadn't seen most of that that phase. I I, I just find myself so burned out on, uh, on, on superhero TV stuff at the minute. It's, no, wait. Uh... No, wait, wait. Sorry, because I know he's going to do it. It's No Way Home. No way home. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, there's a there, there's a thing I do on this podcast where I I jump in and correct people if they it wrong. So uh, there'll be a transformation noise, then I'll come in and go. Dave has got been mixed up again. That's so it. yeah, well, well well done for correcting yourself there. Dave. Mm. Saves me some time editing. No, but I I, I understand what you guys are saying though, because I mean, I mean, I think even video games is another thing that is kind of like. Orion calls it tertiary media of all of these <laughs> different things that I, I'm, I don't know, kind of more into than, yes, than going and picking up a comic book. But then I think that kind of stemmed from like comic books just got so expensive to oh, buy. And then it yeah. was just like, well, am I really getting my money's worth if I'm it, spending this much to buy all these comic books? <laughs> on a, honest answer, No. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I I completely agree. If somebody ever turns around to me and says like our comics like value for money, I, I would absolutely flat out say no. Like <laughs> they they're they're not. They are if you know you don't mind reading them digitally and you can get the Marvel Unlimited app or you can get, mm. you know, the DC Universe whatever it's called. Yeah. DC Universe Infinite. It's a really st- Stupid title, um, <laughs> but I suppose DC Online was taken. You know, uh, like that's value for money, absolutely. Like becoming a c- comic book fan, nah. Five dollars or four pounds for a single issue when you can buy, you know, a, a volume of manga for like two pound mm-hmm. more, and it's oh yeah, uh, two hundred pages, whereas you're getting like twenty pages of story in a comic book, nah. Like I yeah. get it. Like the comic book industry is stupid, but um... <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it it is terribly expensive. I mean, my my comics collecting has very much become buying old stuff, mm. buying new stuff because mm. the new stuff is is so expensive, so decompressed. Yeah. That that the invest yeah the investment is insane, and then you know six months later. Marvel or DC go right. We're uh, re- we're reshuffling the whole universe. <laughs> All that stuff that you spent just spent three hundred, four hundred quid on over the last couple of years that doesn't matter anymore. Here's the new stuff. Yeah. Or yeah. alternatively, you do what DC is currently doing right now, which is that they feel as if they've got two completely different universes going on simultaneously, <laughs> but aren't. So you've got. All of the stuff that Joshua Williams is doing with mm. his Dark Crisis and his Shadow War and all of that stuff. And then on the other side of the coin, you've got Jeff Johns with mm. his Three Jokers 
and his flashpoint beyond and all of the stuff that he's doing and you're like right these two things do not make any sense mm. pick one uh, <laughs> and, and pick the jeff johns one but that's just <laughs> yeah. a personal preference for me you know which not to rag on joshua williams i i no. think uh i think he's done some great stuff but uh yeah it's um it's such a weird it's it, we're, we're in such a weird time at the minute where i feel like comic books are ungodly expensive they're impenetrable for anybody who doesn't have somebody there to to like help them like <laughs> fathom it out we live in an era now where everything is delivered in one go mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. netflix so the idea of trying to convince somebody that you have to wait until next month to mm. find out what happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and not only that as well, but you, you shouldn't have to order online or go to a comic book shop to buy comic books. And then when you're going to buy a collection of, of comic books, you shouldn't have to pay £25 for it. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, you know, it's the nature of the beast, unfortunately. It's just the, the type of media it is but uh i i love comic books and yeah i'm like dc is is my brand you know i don't really have a sports team <laughs> but i have a comic book team and it's dc for for all of the yeah i i was a dc guy for quite a long time mm. then the new 52 came along and that kind of <laughs> wrecked it for me for a while yeah yeah and then and then obviously with spiraling prices Mm. This kind of dropped off, mm-hmm. but now it's it's the it's I just go back and get the old stuff and get the stuff that stuff that I've missed because there's so much of it anyway. Oh, I mean, I mean that's that that is the good thing about comic books mm. is that if you're new to comic books, I always say like never try and get in on new stuff. Mm. The quality isn't there, and when I say the quality's not there, I I I don't mean that the stuff that is out now is bad. I simply mean that you are never going to get a book that is going to drastically redefine a character in a in a meaningful way. You're never going to get a year one mm-hmm. or a or a run like uh well just even great runs like mm-hmm. most comic books now are six issues or or less if you're marvel where they seem to now be trying to just convince everybody that five issues is the right length for a series <laughs> uh you know and i always say to people it's like look tell me what you like like what do you enjoy in fiction and i will tell you where to, like where to read a comic book that will either make you a fan of comic books or will make you realize that you don't care about comic books yeah like you know um and 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 I I think one of the great things about DC is that, and I I don't wish to offend any Marvel fans that might be listening, <laughs> but I think when it comes to all time great stories, like DC has has Marvel beat hands down. I would not disagree with you. Um, I think there's there's far more there's far far better kind of standalone kind of stuff as well mm, yeah i mean the beauty of marvel is just the fact that it's this great big shared universe where you can just jump around different areas as you wish but it's all and it's all connected whereas dc is 
not as connected. So mm. you can kind of just go, right, I'm just going to read this book and this book isn't even in the proper timeline that they're doing now. Or I can I can read Justice League International and it's a completely different book to, um, uh, you know, I'd say Dark Knight Returns or Watchmen or whatever. You know, mm. like there's mm. all this different stuff, different in tone. And you, you don't have to just be invested in this massive universe where you've got to buy... 18 titles a month to keep no. up with it mm. yeah exactly like when when people turn around and say uh you know uh oh well the the, the continuity is so out of whack and i'm just like just ignore continuity man. <laughs> because they don't care about it <laughs> yeah but why should you um, indeed and they'll only change it <laughs> yeah exactly they, they will they will like or alternatively you know like um not only are our comic books getting constantly reinvented but the idea of the definitive version of x character just doesn't exist anymore you know like i i get in incredibly frustrated when people turn around and go the dark knight trilogy is the is the best batman movies <laughs> I'm like, well, it doesn't even have Batman in it, so uh, why why would that be? And that's not like that. That's um, that is me being cynical because, to my mind, Christian Bale is not Batman. Mm. Like he doesn't he doesn't present himself very well as Batman. He doesn't feel as um, as damaged as Batman. He is even able to hang up the tights uh, at the end of the third movie, which is fundamentally not. Batman. <laughs> However, I know for a fact that in my head, that is my interpretation of Batman. Yeah. Somebody who grew up on the Brave and the Bold cartoon series will not share my view <laughs> of Batman. Precisely. You know, so to me, whenever somebody says, who is the best on-screen Batman, I say, you know, it, one and two are always going to be Ben Affleck, and Michael Keaton, because <laughs> both of them seem unhinged enough in their performances that you would expect them to dress up in a bat costume and beat the crap out of poor people. <laughs> but, but I mean, you're not like, wrong there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like it's it that that's it. It's um when when people turn around and say oh batman and robin is terrible it's like batman and robin is a love letter like to the 1966 batman it might not be very good <laughs> but it was it was not trying to be very good one or the dark knight returns <laughs> yeah you know? absolutely i don't know i mean till still to this day i find myself quoting mr freeze from that film, like I, it's yeah. I, I was I, like you said, it's like it's almost exactly like the Transformers. I was I grew up when Batman Forever and Batman and Robin were Batman. You know mm. that was Batman at the time for me. Yeah. Same with like Armada. Like it's just you when you hop onto these franchises at different times, you're going to have a different imprint in your head of what these characters mean to you. Absolutely, but... and 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 with comic books. There, there is the the fundamental flaw, which is that every time a new writer takes over, that writer has their version of Batman, their version mm. of Superman, their version of Hal Jordan Green Lantern in mm -hmm. their head, and they are going to write that character. And this took me a long time because I was 
you know, in the in the mid two thousands, I was that diehard DC guy where I was basically buying everything. Like for several mm. years, it was like every week, you know, it was sixty seventy pounds dropped in the comic book shop, you know, and I was reading everything and I was loving it, you know. And mm. it took me a long time to realize that, like, as a comic book fan, the the healthy thing to do is to is to not go on the internet and moan and complain about how bad something is. The healthy thing to do is just go, right, cool, yeah, like for example, like I and people will like aghast when I, whenever I say this, I do not like Grant Morrison. Mm. <laughs> because I, I don't have the mental capacity to understand Grant Morrison. Like y you, if you want to explain to me what happened in Final Crisis, you go for it. Um, it's not his best work, I must say. No, but his Animal Man stuff is fantastic. Exactly. His yeah, I'm glad you agree on that. His old star Superman is is beautiful, wonderful. Yeah, but when he took over on Green Lantern, I read mm. the first couple of issues and I was like, nope. <laughs> this is not for me I love Hal Jordan like I was there when you know Jeff Johns brought him back from Rebirth and I was there through the entire thing and I was like no I'm good cool thank you very much uh, and you know so in my mind when when somebody else comes on the Green Lantern titles and does something good with it I will go back to it and I will just be like, cool, yeah, you know that Grant Morrison stuff? It never happened. Like, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter to me. Like, um... And it probably didn't. No, exactly. That's it, yeah. Because yeah. God forbid, if you're getting paid to write these characters, like, God forbid that you should actually pay any attention to, uh, to like, what's come before it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know? <laughs> I mean, I've had have, I have, I have similar discussions with Dave about the MCU Spider-Man. Yeah, of course, the, yeah. In the... <laughs> Because I'm a massive Spider... I was a... Ma I am a massive Spider-Man fan. As in, I read it a lot as a kid. Read it all the way through... It was it was one of the Marvel books that I religiously bought mm. all the way through the time when I was probably considering myself more of a DC fan. And for me, there's been times, both in comics and in, and in the movies, where I've just got... Where it's gone, well, this isn't Spider-Man. Mm. I reg reg regularly refer to Tom Holland's Spider-Man as... Iron Lad, because he feels to me like a, an Iron Man character, not a Spider-Man. I absolutely 100% agree with you. I do not like the new Spider-Man movies. No. Um, because they're not Spider-Man movies. Uh, Homecoming's okay, but the other two... The, the first movie, he's completely ineffectual and the only reason he beats the Vulture is because a random piece of shrapnel just happens to take the vulture out. Mm -hmm. Great way to go! What a great hero. <laughs> uh, the second one, he lets the bad guy take the technology that kills, no doubt, hundreds of people. Wonderful, great, what a hero! Mm -hmm. And then the third movie, he loses everything, and through his own stupidity has to give up everything. And granted, with the third movie, they're basically writing them out because Sony is, like, pulling creative control sort of thing. I get it. But it's a nostalgia act. And the only thing that I took from that third movie was, damn, I really want... Uh... Oh, God, what was the second guy um, who did the amazing... Andrew Garfield. Andy, uh, the, the, I came away going, yeah, damn, I really want Andrew Garfield back. 
<laughs> yeah, me too. Because <laughs> he's actually like entertaining to watch. <laughs> like, yeah, and he's like my favourite on-screen Spider-Man. Yeah, I, um, I, I make no bones about it. Those amazing Spider-Man movies are not very amazing. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I feel like for whatever reason, we have not had the Spider-Man movie that we deserve. And I don't understand why it's so complicated. Like, I get why they've done what they've done with the Marvel stuff, where it's mm. not Mary Jane, mm-hmm. because we can't have it be Mary Jane, because of licensing and weird, complicated stuff. Yep, and because they've done it before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they don't feel like they want to do it again. Yep. Yeah, but, but again, it's like... People all people sometimes ask me, not always ask me, because who the hell am I to like <laughs> but people always ask, it's like, who is the best superhero? Mm-hmm. And I always turn around and say, Well, if you ask me, like my two favorite superheroes are Batman and Superman. Like mm-hmm. one and two. Okay. But if you want me to like sit and logically think about it, the best superhero character that has ever been made is Spider-Man. Mm. And if you go back and read those original Stanley Steve Ditko things, it's there. 100% on the page. It's not like Batman, who when he first showed up was running around shooting people with a gun. It's not mm-hmm. Superman, who who couldn't even fly at the beginning or anything like that. These characters took time to develop and eventually they found their footing. Spider-Man was there, on the page, mm-hmm. day one. Perfect. <laughs> Everything Everything was there. So why is it so goddamn hard to make a movie of it? <laughs> well, I think it's because of what's happened since, really. Is it? I mean, it's the character's been going so long and there's been so much happened to him. I mean, I blame Dan Slott for a lot of it. Mm. It's, it's just the waters have been so muddied mm. that they are pulling stuff from all... I mean, that's, I mean, I think that's why... I mean, well, one of my theories as to why the current MCU Spider-Man's way is is because of that kind of stuff that happened with One More Day and then um, uh, Brand New Day and Dan Slott coming on. And, and there's all these elements just being pulled in and the crux of the character is all there in that for, in that original Stan Lee Ditko run. Yeah, like he has an ageing ant. Um, mm. I'm sorry, stop trying to make Aunt May hot. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he's got an, an ageing ant. He is a dweeb, a dork, mm. a geek, a nerd uh, who doesn't fit in who gets all of these powers. To be honest, mm-hmm. as much as it's hard, I think, to go back and watch, you know, that first Sam Raimi Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. is a good Spider-Man movie. The only problem that I have with that is Tobey Maguire just isn't charismatic enough to be mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Like, if you took Tom Holland or Andrew Garfield and f- squeezed them into that first Spider-Man movie, which in fairness has terrible pacing issues and is very much a movie of the early 2000s uh you know so it doesn't really hold up particularly well but if you would have put somebody else in that suit i think you would have had like a you know a, a fantastic like blueprint for a spider-man movie but uh <laughs> you know but that that's down to personal taste i know a lot of people like toby Maguire. um yeah but uh yeah it's it's i don't know i like I'm, I'm still waiting for it i'm still i'm still waiting for it but hey look we're getting a Flash movie, and everybody probably thought that was going to be hot garbage, but then the trailer came out, and we were like, <laughs> oh, well. 
Guess, guess I'm kind of excited about a superhero movie again. <laughs> it looks interesting for sure. I'm, I'm not 100% convinced yet, but I do like that they've uh, got James Gunn in to kind of oversee it all. That that could be interesting. I really enjoyed Peacemaker. So and yeah, the suicide, yeah. and and Suicide Squad, not the Suicide Squad. I really enjoyed Suicide Squad. So I'm I'm interested to see where he takes things. Yeah, I I saw his presentation where he was mapping out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The next five years. And I don't know, like, I don't want to be cynical. I, I genuinely do believe that I'm, you know, kind of a positive guy. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, the authority? <laughs> really? It could be interesting. No! <laughs> d- d- hey, don't get me wrong. I yeah. think, I think <laughs> the idea of... There's two things about the authority movie that I'm really looking forward to. I'm really looking forward to all of the idiots online who start going on about woke nonsense when they find out Midnight are in Apollo are gay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and they're like, oh, they're just shoehorning in gay. It's like, yeah, yeah, they've, they've been gay since the 80s. Like, like shut up, you moron. Like um, when everyone went mad about She-Hulk. Oh, look, taking a character and putting She in front of it. Like, yeah, um, like, it's, you know, um, like, I'm, I'm really, I'm really looking forward to that moment mm. because... Uh, it will just reaffirm the fact that humanity is going down the toilet. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I really want an authority movie to work and be really good because I think it, if it works and it's successful, yeah. it is, to my mind, what Guardians of the Galaxy was for the MCU, mm. which was I was convinced that Guardians of the Galaxy would not work. There is no way cinema audiences are going to buy a raccoon and a plant man. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think there was a comic book fan on the planet who thought it was going to work. Yeah. <laughs> James Gunn made it work. Everybody loved it. Now, yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy, probably the most anticipated movie of like the, you know, like this year. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I think the authority is that for DC. If Gunn can nail the authority, then the sky's the limit. Yeah. In terms of uh, everything being open, my only concern is is that I don't trust the leadership of uh, Discovery Warner, Warner and stuff like that yeah. to if author if the authority fails for them to not go. No, eh, we need to fire James Gunn. Yeah, mm. yeah, and, and that's the that there therein is is the fundamental problem. Yeah, because um, they are very flip floppy. They are, they are, and and yeah. you know, Superman is not going to make a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. The Authority is not going to make a billion dollars, and this goes back to what we were saying earlier about, or what I was saying earlier about Transformers. Transformers mm-hmm. was a billion dollar franchise. Bumblebee mm-hmm. came out; it was no longer a billion dollar franchise. Now they want the billion dollar franchises back. I I wish we lived in a world where. Not everything needed to be a billion dollar franchise. Yeah, and yeah. then and then what, what? What do we see? We see them going back to the Schneiderverse or whatever. You know, like it's, oh, please uh, no. Like I <laughs> don't get me wrong. I petitioned. I petitioned the hell to get mm-hmm. the Snyder thing done. I fundamentally thought that everything that Zach had done, whether you like, I have a soft spot for Batman v Superman. I think it is mm-hmm. a genuinely good movie. And I will, I will die on the hill of that. <laughs> um, and I wanted to see his version of Justice League. 
And one morning I sat down mm. for four hours and I watched it and I turned around and I said, that was really good and I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Now just wow. let it die. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's like people disappointed. Oh, Henry Cavill's not coming back as Superman. Yeah, but he never really was Superman, was he? Like, you know. And he's had his he's had his chance. It's it's awful. Well, not awful. But yeah, it, it is awful what they've done to him in that they kind of said, oh, you're coming back. And then they went, oh, no, you're not. Yeah. That's pretty, yeah. That's pretty bad. But I want to know, I want to know why. Like, that's mm. the question. Why is everybody else, like, because Ben Affleck walked away. Mm-hmm. Why is everybody else allowed back? Why is Ezra Miller allowed back? I know. Yeah. Yeah. But Henry Cavill isn't. Hmm. Hmm. Strokes. Yeah, we'll have to see how that, yeah, how that works out. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I think the only reason Ezra Miller is allowed back into the fold is because they need to get this Flash movie, like, out. I guarantee you that once this Flash movie is out, due to creative differences. Yes. Uh, Ezra has decided to walk away from the project, and we wish him... Sorry, I, I think I'm misgendering him. Uh, we them. wish them the, the, the best in their future endeavours. Mm-hmm. Here's our new Flash, who is yeah. squeaky clean. <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, uh, you know, I want to see Michael Keaton back as Batman. Like, I am, I, I am absolutely stoked for that. Um, you know, I want to see Ben Affleck back as Batman. I'm going to get to see that. You know, um, all good. Like, I'm very excited, and I do apologize because I have completely derailed this Transformers podcast. Uh, well, that's fine. I mean, we we do we do discuss other things in Transformers from time to time. Excellent. But yeah, I suppose to go back to Transformers then, I I assume you... Do you collect the toys? Are you a big fan of all that stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, so I had a... Uh, I had a reckoning with myself over the COVID period, which was kind of like... I sort of realised that I didn't need all of the Transformer toys that I had, Mm -hmm. especially the ones that have been sat in tubs for almost 10 years mm. uh so i got rid of a whole load of stuff and i like i donated it to toy foo so you know if you if you bought a transformers toy uh from toy foo with a tf nation last year there's a good chance it might have been mine um, <laughs> i did i did i did buy two or three I so, did. Yeah. but what i what i mainly can collect now is mainline sort of legacy transformers toys but toys that are of characters that appeared in the Marvel Sunbow Generation 1 continuity. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that I don't dabble with other things. Um, like, I bought Ton, for example, recently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here he's great. Yeah, great figure. Absolutely fantastic. Um, but yeah, like, but I'm in a weird place with Transformers toys at the minute, which is that I don't know like how much more collecting i've got left Mm. because the stuff that is coming out now is so good that there's there's no need to keep collecting so for example and this is the example i I always give to people when i talk about this is when i bought legacy blaster Mm -hmm. Like, I had this really weird moment where I was like, this is the last blaster toy that I'm ever going to buy in my entire life. Because what else are you going to do 
with the character of Blaster that is going to make me want to buy another Blaster toy. Mm. He looks like Blaster. He's the right scale in terms of what my version of, like, my head cannon says Blaster is like. Um, yeah. He transforms great. Uh, he he looks the part. He's got the gimmick. What else are you going to do? Uh, and I, I find that more and more and more and more. And so, yeah, I'm I'm in this kind of weird phase at the minute where it's like, you know, I, I'm there's a handful of characters that I'm still desperately waiting on. Sure shot, um, it's coming, isn't he? I think. Yeah, apparently yeah. the listing is there. So sure shot, uh, the uh, the throttle bots. Like we got Goldbug in that set, but you know, uh, where's where's the rest of the guys? Mm-hmm. You know, characters like that. And once that's done, like. You know, we, we, we still need to finish off the Dinobots, um, but of course they they're definitely going to be coming. Yeah, well, I think they I think there's a there's a swoop listing already, isn't there? So yeah, I think that's yeah. that. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it's done. Yeah, exactly. And and once that's done, like, what you know, what else? What else is there left, like, to collect? Yeah. <laughs> you know, they they still constantly surprise me, like the the new Cybertron, uh, Cybertron, the, the, the <laughs> Cybertron. The Cybertron Jazz looks great. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I can't wait to get my hands on that. And I'm sure they'll keep doing things like that. Like, I, I, I really want them to go back. Um, like, my favorite toy of last year was Motormaster. I thought Motormaster mm-hmm. was just fantastic. And, uh, and while I don't necessarily need all of the combiners to be redone in that new style, I really want the Combaticons done mm-hmm. in that new style. Um, yeah, because you know, outside of uh, with the Combiner Wars stuff, the, the Stunticons were the worst served of that that yeah. series. Yes. So it was great, <laughs> and and personally, as my favorite Combiner team, I, I I wanted them, and now that I've got them, it, it's great. But you know, I would love to see the Combaticons get get that treatment as well. Um. So yeah, so it, like it's kind of weird. Like I, I do feel like I'm, I'm sort of reaching the end of my collecting days. But at the end of the day, like I'm able to look at the collection that I've got and be like, wow, like mm. I've got like because I grew up on the cartoon, mm-hmm. watching the the Marvel cartoon uh, show. I'm like, wow, I've, I've, I've got like all of the characters that I, like, would ever want, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then, you know, a few besides. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're very well served in that respect. Unfortunately, I grew up on the comic, so uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a little bit less well served. <laughs> yeah, well, well, exactly. That's it. That, that's it. And, yeah. and, you know, there are a couple of times when Hasbro will do, like, for example, like, I can't understand the logic of why they've, why they've done Bomburst uh, and Iguanas in mm. Legend scale, and then they've done Skullgrin in mm. in in a deluxe. Yeah, and I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, and it's likely they're going to do the same with Bludgeon as well. Yeah, exactly. Like now, now you know, there's another one where it's like, all right, okay, great. You know, Bludgeon will be buying that. Um, <laughs> Metal Hawk, you know, like I love the. <laughs> I, I love Master Force. I think Master Force is like a, a wonderful show. It's not a Transformers show, 
but it's a wonderful show. So like Metal Hawk's coming out and things like that. Like I'm 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 really like looking forward to picking him up. Um yeah, so it 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 is kind of weird, but I like I, I I do sort of feel like the the more time goes on and the more Hasbro do like their unveiling of their next line of product, the more I'm like, oh, can save money on that, can save money on that, can save money on that. <laughs> uh, but I'll buy that and I'll buy that and I'll buy that. So that's great. But I never I never doubt Hasbro to come up with something that will totally surprise me you know um yeah so we'll have to wait and see yeah and who, and who knows maybe we'll eventually get that brand new thing that we all love um that will reinvigorate the franchise and there'll be a bunch of new characters to buy yeah exactly uh, that's it and, yeah. and is, is that not like the entire point of like what hasbro is supposed to do <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> Because you know, I do feel that they're kind of painting themselves into a corner at the moment, and uh, eventually they will run out. And like you say, you don't need another blaster because mm. the perfect one's there. If they bring out another another blaster in a year or two, that's incrementally better. Who's going to be paying that by that point? Forty five, fifty quid for it? <laughs> yeah. When they've got that one they bought for thirty five, <laughs> that's fine. Yeah, precisely. You know, like I. I begrudge the fact that, like, I might have to buy a twin cast just be- to get, like, mm. a rewind. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> mm, am I going to do it? <laughs> we'll wait and see. Well, you, can always, you can always sell the uh, twin cast without That's the rewind. true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but then I can put them on my shelf and go, hey, look, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it, it's a bit of a weird one. Like, I... I I hope that Hasbro do figure out a way to to do it. But at the same time, and I was thinking about this the other day, Mm -hmm. like how many years has it been since we had a new Generation 1 inspired Optimus Prime toy? Um... Because think about it. We are talking years at this point. Like, Like the Netflix show, Earth's... It'll be Earthrise, Earth, won't it? Earthrise yeah. was, what, two years ago now? Mm. That's a long time. So it's even earlier for, like, a Bumblebee. Mm-hmm. And the last Bumblebee that we had, which was obviously the Earthrise Bumblebee, was not the easiest toy to get hold of. It wasn't. And by the looks of it, that mold is just not getting used again. Mm-hmm. Like so, I th- I think Hasbro's onto something here, where it's like, oh, hold on a minute, we're getting, you know, we're we're finally getting, uh, we're we're getting out of that cycle of Optimus Prime and Megatron and mm. and all of that stuff. Um, the only issue that I have, which I think Hasbro is might find themselves in, is if you are a fan of generation one and for whatever reason i don't know why but in the year of our lord 2023 (laughs) you would decide that you want to get into collecting like i'm sorry but you missed it yeah like your generation like if you if you were not collecting toys over the last seven years like basically from combiner wars onwards yeah you have missed the generation one renaissance and nobody really noticed it was happening at the beginning Mm -hmm. like when combiner wars sort of came out because it was like 
yeah, we're going to give you like this combiner team, but like um, we're going to give you the aerial bots, but like we're going to give you uh, a new aerial bot rather than giving you a uh, slingshot. <laughs> oh, slingshot. Yeah, you mean the most memorable aerial bot, like outside of Silverbolt. He's the one that you're not going to make easily available, but you're going to get us. Oh God, what was he called? The helicopter. Air raid. Um, no, no, air, air raid's one of the aerial bots. Oh, sorry, no, Alpha Bravo. Um, Alpha Bravo. Thank you, thank you. Uh, yeah. You know, it's like, why are you doing this? Like, you know, they were they were there, and then they kind of weren't, but then they were like, okay, here's headmasters, here's target mm -hmm. masters. Um, and uh and then obviously we we went full hog with it and stuff like that and it's uh yeah it's it's so it's kind of weird but i i was there so i've got everything so it's fine um <laughs> and uh you know. i suppose maybe maybe that's maybe that's their plan maybe they want to just go oh we'll just start again and then all those people who weren't able to get them uh but yeah i don't know it seems like diminishing returns to me but we'll have to wait and see yeah yeah yeah. I have I have absolute faith, like in mm -hmm. in the current Hasbro guys, in terms of like making some really cool stuff, you know. <laughs> but yeah, as far as as far as my collecting and stuff like that, you know, it's it's I've I've sort of moved past needing everything, and it's it's just collecting the stuff that I enjoy and yeah. and like. Yeah, well, that's that's healthy. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Just, it's where I am these days. I've I've gone. Well, why am I? constantly buying stuff in when i've got perfectly good stuff as it is and there's perfectly good stuff on the aftermarket as well so yeah like i i i know i knew that i was in a healthy place <laughs> when i i finally decided to pull the trigger on a haslab unicron <laughs> uh bought him got him and a week later went nope and sold him yeah <laughs> it was like it was like no this is absolute tosh. Yeah, I'm, I, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling that might be happening with me and the his tank. To be honest, mm. so that I have that on order, and I'm like, oh, do I actually want it? Now? Uh, yeah, let's see. I'll, I'll I'll open it. I'll have a look at it, and then I may well end up putting all my classified on on e on eBay or whatever. Yeah, because it's yeah, the investment is just too much. Yeah, I, I I like their Star Saber. Like I, I thought the, the the Star Saber Haslab project was great. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was fantastic. The Deathsaurus obviously looks amazing, and mm -hmm. I'm sure that'll be great. But yeah, like that that Haslab Unicron is just the most joyless toy that I have ever come across because it's not a toy. Mm. It's a it's just too big. Yeah. So yeah, it was great, and I made several hundred pounds profit on it so it <laughs> there you go yeah, yeah. that's all that's all the, that's the upside that's I guess. The important yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> but talking about hasbro though like do you do you guys have any connections with hasbro during tfn is there do they i'm sure they're aware it exists do they, ever... they, they are they are aware they are um and like the truth is um we've had some conversations with hasbro but it's never gone anywhere like at the end of the day and I understand this, like, from a business point of view, if you're Hasbro, we are tiny, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Uh, and and one of the things that I always tell, like, adult collectors uh, who seemingly have a hard time figuring this out, toys are for kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
they're not for you. Mm-hmm. You just happen to enjoy them. Yeah. And you do not make up the bulk buying of toys. Yeah. Um, but for some strange reason, we as collectors think like we are. Um, and so, you know, I th- I think from Hasbro's point of view, it's it, it is probably one of those things of like, well, you know, they're doing what they're doing and it's fun and, and all of that stuff. But what we really need to do is we really need to sell toys to parents. Yeah. And stuff like that, because that's where we make our money and stuff. It's always been their business model. Yeah, of course it has. And, and that's what it should be. They're a toy company. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so no, I, I mean, we're an unofficial Transformers convention. That's the way we like it. Because if you ever became an official Transformers convention, you can be sure that there would be an awful lot more red tape involved. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we're, we're able to do stuff with that freedom. You know, if Hasbro would have come knocking on the door saying, like, uh, you know, we want to give you a, a, an exclusive, I'd be like, yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> like, <you know? laughs> but I mean, like, even when you compare, you know, our numbers in the UK to, and, you know, we don't just get people from the UK, we get Europe, we, we get people from America who come over for the show. But even if you take all of our numbers, mm-hmm. you know, and compare those to like BotCon in its prime, you know it's it's night and day you know mm-hmm. it's um it, because obviously botcon had that official license and could produce those official box sets and things like that mm-hmm. but i mean i'm i mean more like just like do, even as like as fans like is there no like mm. i'm sure it's like invaluable market research for them just to be in the room or and you know I- you know what i mean it's entirely possible that they have showed up before. Yeah, just like, on, on like, the sly. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not saying that as like, ooh, maybe you were stood next to Hasbro. Like, I, I, <laughs> like, you know, like maybe they, maybe they have shown up before. But at the end of the day, the other thing you've got to remember is, is that we're in the UK. It's Hasbro UK. Oh, yeah. Whereas <laughs> all of the shots are called, you know, three thousand miles away mm-hmm. in Hasbro's US's offices. You know. I would love Hasbro like to to come to the show. You know what I would love actually? I would love Hasbro to come to the show and just do a panel. Like mm-hmm. and I don't mean like reveals or anything like that cuz I appreciate I understand how marketing works and things like that. You are you are much better giving your reveal pictures to somebody like IGN who've got a global reach of millions of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, than you know a small convention. I would just love to have them on stage to talk to them because I think ever since they've started doing these Hasbro pulses, it feel they feel more real as an as a company. Mm-hmm. You know, like I I don't know if you guys feel the same, but like prior to the the Hasbro pulse things, the live streams, yeah, yeah. But before those, mm-hmm. you didn't you didn't hear from Hasbro. Yes. Yeah. Like I, I am, I am not a fan. I do not collect Masters of the Universe stuff, but I always, I always get really fascinated watching videos uh, and listening to interviews with people who were involved in the Masters of the Universe stuff because I think it's it's the other big '80s brand, but it's never been able to last very long. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's always kind of like a flash in the pan and then it's gone. And then it comes back like 10 years later or whatever it is. 
And I always like one one of the things that I was always quite surprised at with with Masters of the Universe was that the people that were involved in selling that brand were public figures. Like you knew who they were, you knew who was behind it. And I always found Hasbro was always like, you will never learn you know who is responsible uh until they left the company or something like that but i mm. think that's changed now and i think with the hasbro pulses you know the fact that they got through on yeah to to do their big uh opening and stuff i thought was great and great for Thu. Yep. yeah and they turned up to mcm as well and did some they, reveals there they yeah yeah exactly that's it you know so mm. I, you know, I, I, I would love to to sit down with them and have that conversation and just be like, hey, look, like, what is the plan? Like, let me hear, like, let me talk to you about it. Like, mm-hmm. and, you know, going back to the convention last year, we had Andy Cousins, mm-hmm. who was a toy designer in, uh, and worked for Hasbro in the 90s uh, and worked on, like, some of the, the toys that came out to the UK and it was so fascinating talking to him. And I was so glad at how well his panel was attended because I always feel like toys are the, well, they're the lifeblood of the, the, the franchise, but they're also the hardest thing to get people to talk about mm-hmm. because again, the Hasbro don't really make themselves publicly known, but yeah. So I, I don't know, maybe one day, hopefully fingers crossed. Indeed. Um, but uh, yeah, you know that's on them. Call me Hasbro. Um, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll I'm talk. sure they're listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they are. Oh well, well, thank you very much. I mean, uh, do you want to say any more about TFM before we uh, wrap this up? No, I, I mean, all I all I would say is, you know, if you are listening to this and you've never been before, and it's always been because you know you're you're worried uh, you'll be bored or you you won't fit in or it's too busy or, or things like that. Just rest assured that, like, we spend an awful lot of time trying to make the comf- uh, people as comfortable as possible. Um, and regardless of what area of the franchise is you- you're particularly involved in or interested in, uh, you know, we try to cater to you uh, in some way, shape or form. So give it a shot. Uh, and, you know, if you don't like the sound of my voice, then you might have a bit of a problem with the panel. Um <laughs> But uh, it's, you know, it yeah, come along. Uh, and if you want to try it on a smaller scale, I would have said, you know, you could come along to Manchester. But as you mentioned about <laughs> two hours ago, we're sold out now. So um... yeah. there was there was mention of there maybe being tickets available on the door. So, yeah, I you yeah. will always get people that ultimately yeah. don't show up for whatever reason. Um, yeah. But uh, we can't, you know, we can't promise Guarantee that because, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but what I would say to people as well is that if you are coming to Manchester, you know, and you're expecting TFN, there's a reason it's called the Minicon. Um, <laughs> you know, it's going to be a much smaller and much more personal like show um, mm-hmm. because that's kind of what we want to get back to. We talked earlier about the early days of like conventions mm-hmm. and how it was all in like one room, and that's kind of the vibe we're going for, like this portable pop-up transformers convention that will hopefully possibly start moving mm-hmm. you know like it doesn't have to necessarily stay in one place so we'll see but uh yeah i just uh i hope everybody enjoys it um i want to thank you guys for giving me the the time to ramble on about <laughs> everything <laughs>
no it's cool and if anybody has any any issues or questions or anything like that you know go to the tf nation facebook page or the twitter or uh you know our website and you can send us messages and we will respond to you as soon as possible Brilliant. splendid yeah it's been great having you on it's been a really good really good chat i really enjoyed it yeah oh no thank you very much i really appreciate it and like like i say i i appreciate that i sometimes ramble uh, <laughs> no that's cool that was great thank you and we'll hopefully we'll see you in august hopefully yeah come come over and say hi because like I, I honestly like i'll be flying around like uh but uh yeah just grab me and just say like hey um and uh we'll, we'll have a beer <laughs> oh brilliant well there you go Look all forward right to it Look forward to it thank you very much My all right there you go that was our interview with david wallace uh how, how did you find it dave uh it went really well yeah it was great to be here for the man himself and hear you know how vitally important he is to whole thing so there you go guys uh i don't think there's much point in us wanging on about about the interview considering how long it is anyway <laughs> it's probably going to be I mean once I finished editing we'll find out you'll know now you'll know how long it was you've just listened to it but <laughs> it will probably be a couple of hours so we're not going to go on and on and on and on about TF Nation we've got a podcast where we did that you can go back and listen to that mm-hmm. so if you like what you heard and you're thinking yeah TF Nation sounds like a thing I'd like to visit this summer head over to tfnation.com where you can find all the details check out the growing guest list and buy your tickets. Uh, Dave, do you want to say something? Um, if you do come to TFN in August, we, we might be there, and we also might have some of our famous Arc Myoptic buttons. Well, maybe. I don't know. I haven't decided what kind of a, a promotional tool I'm going to do this year. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we can. We can. Cer- we certainly have something for you, I would have thought. So, did you enjoy the interview? Who should we interview next? Why not let us know on social media? Search for us on all of them. You should be able to find us fairly easily. Uh, you can find me in particular on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Gear Orion and Orion underscore Gear respectively. And Dave, where can they find you and see photos of you mugging to camera at TF Nation and the like? <laughs> yeah, you can always find me um, virtualdave26 on Instagram or on Twitter. Excellent. Don't forget that if you enjoyed this podcast, you can let us know by liking, subscribing, sharing, reviewing. You can even join our Patreon if you're so inclined at www.patreon.com slash argmyoptics. Don't forget the double A. We really appreciate it. Thanks for listening, and please join us again next time on Argmyoptics! Argmyoptics!